Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. What's going on? Welcome to Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by the John Miller the pride of West Branch. Now rocking the. Uh, are you the pride of West Branch? Is there a, the, is there a more famous West Branchian than you? Couple of them. Uh, one would be the uh, former president of the United States, Herbert Hoover. Really? Uh, so I, I don't know that I'm ever going to climb that ladder. Yeah, the Herbert Hoover Library and Museum is the town I grew up in. I grew up playing behind his tomb, legit, literally in the like, bushes. He's buried in, there. Yeah, and he and his wife. Um, so they got their their uh, their tombs there, and there's like this like kind what of. What do you like mean little... a tomb? Like okay, it's, a, a, it's like, like a mummy, a, a marble uh, sarcophagus. I mean, it's just a marble monument. I'll send you a satellite shot. I mean, what what do you call those things? Well, because I think it, when I think of a tomb, like I mean, I'm thinking like Jesus. You know, like there's like a mummy in there. Jesus was mummified. Well, I mean, it's something. I mean, his body, you know, he rose from the dead. Popped up. He's like, hey, I'm I'm up from my slumber. Let's get after it, baby. Let's roll. There's still work to do. Um, so, the, like, like rectangular, like, coverings on top of where you bury someone, okay? So, not just your normal, uh, you know, cemetery plot. So, there's he and his wife are there. It's like this natural amphitheater around it. Not very big, but, you know, sloped sloped down and at the base of the amphitheater is these tombs but the amphitheater is basically bushes and they're really really thick so me and my brother you know we'd ride our bikes over the hoover you know whole palatial land where they have the blacksmith shop hoover's little house all this but it's a nice national uh, national park so we ride our bikes behind and we sneak up and there's always people visiting we climbed down under the bushes oh, no. to where we're right up next behind the tombstones, but no one can see us. And people are coming up to pay their respects to the late Herbert Hoover. And my brother and I are going, <laughs> and we, I can't tell you how many times those park rangers ran us out of that park. But uh, you yeah. and your brother going Drone. through all that thick bush. Just yeah. to scare a few people. Absolutely. And in the 80s, it was even thicker. They just didn't quite have proper <laughs> uh, landscape maintenance at that point in time, the way that they do now. Uh, and Welcome Listen, to Miller dude. and Williams. You See, look up. at this. I did. This is great. Uh, Think of the mi- number of many years to come, or I'm going to set you up like that, old man. I can't wait. I've been sitting here for 15 years wanting uh, to set you up like that. Well, we're doing it now. We're doing, and we're doing it live. So just wait till good. we wait till we start doing the uh, the lifestyle show. That's gonna, you know, we we need to do that for one. But you know what? I've yeah. kind of been sitting back watching how you're running this organization, and I've got a couple of observations. Okay. Uh, really, oh, really, really one important one relative to where I sit. Um, man, I, I see a lot of repurposed content that you're doing on the social media platform, and that's fantastic. It's a thought, it takes a lot of work. 
It does. You're, po- you're posting the show, then you're cutting up clips. Sometimes you're cutting up five, six clips out of, you know, the two guys named Chris show. And it's great. It's really good. Um, you know, I see, you know, uh, J-Bo and Stansberry, Rose and Bloom, um, see all that repurposed content taking place. And then we get to the end of the week, and it's just so Miller and Williams. Just toss out the link. Here's how you can listen to it. Incorrect. See ya. See ya. It's the weekend. Don't need you, to repurpose this show. So that's you're not. Okay. That's you're not paying attention. The last two weeks we've had that. I I know. I, I actually did notice it last week. Earlier. Of, so here's the deal. That is very overwhelming. Oh, that, of course it is. I know that, that works. Yeah. Even the um, social media aspect of like just typing out all the tweets and Facebook and scheduling. Now we have, we have tools that help us be better at that. It's a lot like trimming, trimming Bush these days is a lot easier compared to in the eighties. Like you were talking about. Right. Right. Better Um, tools, better equipment. But I actually hired a young man, Brock. He's an intern and he's at Iowa state who is going to start help. He he's, he's helping me now. And Matt Van Winkle, as far as the Twitter clips and all that stuff. What's interesting about this is our so our numbers are really good as far as the podcast download go. It's almost like we have a whole different audience who's taking in our content via Twitter. And hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's some of the same people, but a lot of the people I think genuinely are just like, oh, here's Miller for a minute thirty on Iowa. In Illinois, and like right? right, like so, we're trying to serve all these different people. Yeah, sure. Kind of how it's the a gateway. Well, it's kind of how the layout of the network is too. Like, I mean, we brought on Ken Miller and Mike Palm this week. Probably not going to be a ton of crossover between that show and Jared and Jabo, which I'm totally fine with. We're trying to reach out and uh, we're trying to have something for everybody. So if every show it covers the same topics. You know, it's just, I think what's happening is really good. And some people are like, oh, how hard can it be to edit like a 90? Listen, when everything else that you have going on, it becomes a pain and it becomes something you begin to loathe doing. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember back when I was doing podcasts in the past, Dace and I, you know, Steve would come on, we'd record and then, all right, take care, Steve. And then I'd, I'd edit it. I, I'd edit the podcast. I'd do all these other things. Then when I started the Hawkeye podcast thing on Patreon in 2020, I was doing the repurposing stuff that you were doing. And you, then you got a full-time job and you got a family. It's, yeah. I mean, p- people don't think it's work, but it's work. Not trying. We're not obviously complaining. But, um, but yeah, no, you're doing a good job. I, I, I did notice the uptick last week. Um, hey, I just I just thought it was funny. The reason it funny. that it's funny too, because the reason that um, two guys named Chris always has so many good ones is because of Matt Van Winkle, and he's really the guy behind the scenes. So everything you see, if you're so we're not we don't do this show for live. We're like our show is made for the podcast. Uh, right. Hopefully someday we can do it live and have a set time every week. But you and I schedules mm. are so crazy that you know maybe down the road, maybe like in five years. Yeah. Point being, um, Matt Van Winkle is really the brains behind all that, and he cuts it up right after we go off. So, go sure. off, so that's, yeah. anyways, I'm he's sorry. he's the guy, uh, kind of the brains behind the streaming side. I shouldn't have brought it up. Iowa everywhere. I can tell you're sensitive to it. I apologize. Not sensitive to anything. Been triggering you for 16 years, and I need to stop. It's not healthy. Doesn't you don't really ever stop? You you don't really ever trigger me anymore. Like you used to. 
Okay. I was anymore. Yes. For sure. I used to. I'm um, pretty tough to trigger these days. Yeah. There's just, only a couple things. We talked about that. There's a couple, only a couple ways to get to me. Yeah. Um, and it's probably not a good idea. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk to you. Oh, that's about, good. You sent me this. I don't know why you have to be such a smart ass. You sent me this topic earlier in the week. And it's it's kind of bugged me for a while. And let's get after it. So this these SMU players are have announced that they're going to sit out to stay healthy for the transfer portal. And this goes a little bit with skipping bowl games. This goes a little bit with, you know, some of the trends that we've seen here in college athletics for 10 years or so. Um, where I think we're at an interesting crossroads, John, because I mean you're 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 down in Kansas City. You're literally wearing a Kansas City hat right now that's Hawkeye colors, okay? With a with a tiger hawk on it. You have a Royals right. hat with a tiger hawk on it. Right. We wear the laundry. We're here for the laundry, right? Like we're we loved Brock Purdy at Iowa State, but we're gonna love Hunter Deckers just as much if he's there for four years, right? Like the, it's just yeah. The king how, is the king is dead. Long live the king. Um. The, the these are the types of stories that will lessen my enjoyment of this as a fan where I think we're already really testing this in college basketball where especially at Iowa State Iowa hasn't gone through it as much you guys have kept guys for four years I mean Jordan and six right where like that's the old days where we grew up watching Jess Settles and Chris Kingsbury and you watch them develop and it's fun that's why I like the women's Game. That's why I like women's college basketball at Iowa State probably more than the men because Lexi Donarski, I'm going to watch her as a freshman. I'm going to watch her as a senior, and I'm going to watch her mature and develop and all this fun stuff. I like that aspect of college sports. If we're at the point now, like skipping a bowl game, listen, I get it. If you're a running back, if you're Brees Hall last year at Iowa State, why would you risk blowing out your knee for a – basically meaningless exhibition game against Clemson, right? Um, I do think we are teetering. If guys are going to start skipping out half of a season just to enter the transfer portal, I think it's dangerous territory when it comes to the fans who are really the ones paying the bills by going to games, by not only that, an extension of the fans, just watching your games on television and giving you that TV rating is paying for scholarships and paying for whatever, the new weight room, anything like that. This to me, and this is somewhat inevitable, and it looks like that these kids from SMU are just going to be the start. It sounds like guys at Miami and Texas A&M and there's some other schools that are probably going to have this, but this, this cheapens it for me as a fan. I've been a player sympathizer for a really long time for the most part. But I also think there's a crossroads where, boy, you could be biting the hand that feeds you as well. So with these things, like I try to do a lot in life now that I'm older and I have, you know, experience behind me, is I try to put myself in the shoes of the other person. So in this instance, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of these players. 
But what works best for me is to try to bring in analogies from the real world. All right. Not saying, not saying that football isn't the real world. I'm not diminishing it, but I'm just talking about like, you know, Joe Blow, John Miller and Chris Williams, the real world. So I've been involved in sales for the vast majority of my professional career since I left college. I've been in a sales role most of the time. And I've been around other salespeople. And there are times when you have somebody seek you out, a headhunter gives you a call, says this company's interested in you. Would you like to interview? Oh, okay. Yeah, I would actually like to interview. I'll listen to what they have to say. And then they make you a pitch. You really like it. You may have a non-compete or the seasonality of your sales cycle in the industry you're in. It may not be great for you to leave right now, but it might be better for you to leave in six months when the next sales cycle begins. All right. That is absolutely an example I can relate to. Well, you're not really going to put the hammer down on selling for the next six months before you leave because you're taking away future sales opportunities for you when you get to the next stopping point. Mm -hmm. Now, it, does that feel 100% ethically clean? Maybe not 100%. But at the end of the day, as long as I'm not doing anything illegal and I'm not doing anything immoral, I'm not taking any uh, IP, I'm not taking anything from the company that doesn't belong to me, I've got to take care of me and my family and my future as best that I can. That analogy juxtaposed on top of the SMU players or whatever players come after them, that is how I can look at their decisions. And while I may not like it, as a fan, as a purist, which quite frankly, that purist fan needs to just retire. He's a dinosaur. He's more of a dinosaur than Iowa's offensive scheme is. That's the reality. I don't begrudge them one single bit. So I may not like it as a fan. It may actually and likely impact my passion as a fan going forward if this becomes more commonplace. But these players are making business decisions. No doubt. And we all know that this is a business. College athletics is a big-time business. The, N, uh, the, N, the name NIL era, I was almost say NLI, NIL era shows us that. The players are finally starting to be compensated fairly. This is a business. They're making business decisions. And frankly, I don't fault them. And if that happened to Iowa – I'd be, you know, I might not like it, but I'd understand it. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I, I completely understand why one of these young men would do it. it it's a lot like not playing in the bowl game. But so like, the, the like, counters of this, the counters of this, Chris, are well, they they made a commitment to their team. Yeah, that's you not know, the counter to they me. They committed. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the counter for me is more from an administrative point when it comes to the sport. And this is why college football so desperately needs a commissioner. I mean, you can't do this in the NFL, right? Like, I guess you can. Like, you can you can sit out. Usually that's done during training. It, it's very rare. But you can't just – like, a, a guy who's – you have a contract, right? You can be traded. You can – the way that this is set up right now, and this is what's terrifying for me as the sport goes, 
And I don't blame this kid from SMU who's like, man, I could probably be power five next year and I could probably make $250,000 going to a SEC school, like bring this on. That's life-changing money for me at this point in time. To me, if there's some sort of a legislative body that actually isn't toothless like the NCAA, like a real one who's out there looking out for the sport, this isn't good for the sport long-term, which could in return limit opportunities for athletes in the future. If, 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 we, if we stop watching, if we stop donating, right, if we stop right. buying tickets. For sure, yeah. You can't force someone to play. Now, you gave them a scholarship. I don't know the verbiage on that scholarship if it came with expectations of attendance and practice or whatever. I, I don't know the litigious aspects of those scholarships. But you can't force someone to play they can be quote unquote punished for not playing coach has the opportunity to for playing time if these guys want to sit out to protect their health for the portal i could see where you wouldn't let them have access to the training table and the facilities and the other things that came along with their scholarships which probably opens an interesting legal door yeah, uh, frankly do that i don't know that you can do that you can try try, try and, and believe me um College coaches will try that. Um, you're persona non grata. You feel like you're outside. You basically let down the family. So there are negative repercussions that would come along with that. You'd be ostracized. People who were your quote-unquote brothers probably are not going to look at you in the same way. So there are ramifications. But for you know, 51-year-old Lily White, John Miller, who grew up in a household where both parents were there, I never had food insecurity. I never knew that I wasn't loved. I never had any physical or mental abuse. Um, I lived in a community where other parents in the community were surrogate parents at times when you were at their house every day in the summer. You get there at 9 a.m. in the morning and you watch the Waltons. That was my nickname in West Branch was Walton because every morning we'd watch the freaking Waltons at 9. Then at 10 o'clock, we'd go down to the West Branch Herbert Hoover Park. We'd open up trash cans and pull say, aluminum the- cans and bottles. Hey, we got a bottle. This is a dime. We when does all the bush in, come into play? Um, you know, the, I don't. I guess they sold bush back then, but in, whether it was beer or pop, didn't matter. Um, we trade those cans in for nickels and dimes, and then we'd go buy, you know, basketball and baseball cards. That's my childhood. That was a glorious childhood. I don't know that many people living had a better setting and environment than I had. It wasn't perfect, but it was phenomenal. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Some of these athletes. These student athletes, college athletes, whatever you want to call them, um, they they didn't have that. They they didn't come from that background. They grew up with food insecurity. They grew up sometimes not knowing from weekend to weekend where they would be living or where they would sleep, and if they were sleeping somewhere, were they safe? Was was somebody hitting up on their mom physically? Um, I'm not saying that's how it is for everyone, but I'm saying that that is not an uncommon theme. I'm not going to judge anyone for their decisions along these lines. There will be repercussions in the NFL. You're right. There are contracts that have performance and you can get cut and you can, you know, have a grievance with the union and the league and maybe not get paid or there's a workaround, blah, blah, blah. Um, Now that also means that other colleges, is there a market for these players, Chris, will there be a market for them? This person's making a bet on themselves saying at the power, I think I could go power five, get a quarter mil in this hypothetical example. Is that market there? 
would an LSU or Alabama or a Michigan or whomever, if somebody willing to step up and take that person into their program who they witnessed and observed what they did at their last program, Mm -hmm. not exactly the quote-unquote best teammate they might think, per se. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there a market for that player? Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yes. There Assuming is you're good enough. Yeah, right, like, right. Assuming you're good enough. Yeah. So, yes, there, that's the right answer. There is a market, and since there is a market, that's pretty much it. Uh, there's another side of this, too, and that's – so I, I, I use the NFL as an example. But, like, you and I have been doing this forever. Coaches lie to these guys all the time. Of course, coaches. The, I, I think Chris and all. A real quick aside. I think the coaching profession is the the profession I can think of where there are the most lies told of any profession I know of, other than politics. Sorry, politicians and coaches. They lie, yeah. and there's no repercussion usually. Yeah, no. I and and that's another thing. Like when it again, like I think the commissioner thing is is kind of over. Like because it's somewhat unrealistic because until you get all these leagues to actually not want to kill each other, right? Like where they're all on the same page and they realize that, hey, right. a healthy a healthy Pac-12 is actually good for the Big Ten. Um, a, ha- a healthy Big 12 is good for the SEC, all that. Yeah. Then, then a commissioner is not going to really do anything. Right. But I'm just saying, like, all that stuff that you said can be true. And it is true. Like, I, I don't deny any of that. I'm sitting back here as a fan, and I know – that despite all of what you said possibly being true, if a bunch of Iowa State players, good players, you know, you're 0-2 in the Big 12, but we're not playing for a national championship. We're Iowa State, right? Like going to the Cheez-It Bowl and playing Clemson is a very good season in the history of Iowa State football. It would be a – it would piss me off if like four guys were just like, Hey, we're going to sit out and I'm just being yeah. honest. No, that, Everything you said yeah. can be true, but to the guy who's paying tens of thousands of dollars in donations and, you know, $10 Coca-Cola's and the parking and all, it would piss you off. And I think that no, that's no a fair thing too. There's no doubt. It is fair. You're, you're exactly right. Both things can be real and both things are real. So yeah. there's no there, there's no doubt about it, and really, I don't need to elaborate on that. I was thinking back to my comment about politicians and coaches being like the the, the two biggest lying jobs that there are, and it made me think about poor old uh, Herm Edwards not long ago getting let go at, his, at Arizona State. And if I'm Herm and that the AD approaches me in the end zone and is talking about losses, I'm like what are you talking about? We just won this game. Wait 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 a second, Herm. Look at the scoreboard. Oh no no, that scoreboard's wrong. We're in Arizona. Um, we won that game. So you can take your firing and shove it up your keister because I'm undefeated. I've never lost a game. I'm the coach in the state of Arizona. And you know what? 50% of the people would have his back. Good he point. should run for governor. I, I see what you're saying. I see exactly what you're doing here because facts don't matter. Yeah. They don't. So I thought this is a tie into it. And I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now. When you think of NIL and you think of this past offseason, the two big – now, it happened elsewhere, but the two biggest schools that come to mind for me were Texas A&M and Miami as far as, like, reputation, big spenders, all that stuff. Now, I would say in the conference I covered, the Big 12, 
It's Texas and Oklahoma. Each of them have like 30 newcomers. It's crazy the amount of like transfers and stuff that have been brought in. It, do we have enough of an example? And I think the answer here is no, but I also think that it's it's worth talking about a potential trend here to watch schools like Texas A&M and Miami struggle so much with all this talent, but clearly having chemistry problems from within the programs. I think it's something at least to take note of here on right. October 6th. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that there's a scientific number that you could arrive at that, hey, if you bring in, you know, more than 7.5 transfers per year, that's the point of diminishing returns where you could, act, you know, impact the chemistry of your program. I don't know that you're ever going to be able to dial it down that far. I, I think it's just going to be a case-by-case basis, but you're right. There's no question that bringing in that many new faces because what you're doing is 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 not only – um, you know, th- w- when you're a recruit, you know, say I'm a four-star quarterback and I get recruited by Iowa State because I asked Kirk Ferentz if he was going to continue to run that offense. He said, yes. I said, I'm out. I'm going to go actually play for a fun and exciting offensive program. Um, so I'm at Iowa State. I'm a four-star quarterback. And Matt Campbell looks me in the eye and says, hey, John, you know, we love you. Um, we believe in your talent. You're going to have every opportunity to compete. But in subsequent years, as you know, we're probably going to be taking a quarterback in every class. So you're going to have to compete for your job. I get that. It's part of the deal. I've mm-hmm. been competing since I've been two years old. So bring it on. But the new wrinkle is um, now they're bringing in, you know, a, a transfer and, you know, instant transfer from another school or maybe a couple of them. And now not only am I having to be recruited over from the younger uh, grades, I've got to deal with the transfers in from other schools. Now, obviously, a lot of that will reflect on how I play and my ability. And if I'm the guy, I, you know, Campbell's not going to probably recruit over me. But there's no question you bring in that many new faces into a team, into a rigid, structured environment that is a family by and large and families have their own problems too, relationally, you're going to have chemistry problems. So I think you're, I think you're pointing out something that's uh, likely accurate. Last year for Michigan State, they brought in a ton of new faces. They won 11 football games. Yeah. This year, not so much. I think it's going to be kind of those case-by-case things. But again, for every Kirk Ferentz or every coach that's not a big fan of it, because they're concerned that it could potentially impact their chemistry, if that's a concern. There's going to be 50 others that roll the dice because it's a lot like the NFL. Unless you're one of the first 10 or so players taken, you're playing for that. Everybody's playing for that second contract in the NFL. It's the second contract where you're going to get paid if you perform. The college coaching level, that's the same thing. Lance Leopold at Kansas, he's he's he came from Wisconsin Whitewater. He's pulling out all the stops he can possibly pull out to put the most competitive team on the field to try to turn things around. There's always good, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying there's probably always going to be a market, but it will be interesting to see if some of these more blue bloodish programs, how many of them do that because there's chemistry issues. You're right. All right. All right, you brought up Leopold. Uh, we need to get the little Gracie Miller weekly update. Uh, will she be at College Game Day on Saturday? Big fan, Grace. Um, she will not be at College what? Game Day. 
She was. What, in, what kind of a she daughter was a, did she raise? She, I thought she was a college football fanatic. And and, and it, well, no, she likes college basketball. She doesn't didn't know well, the of course, next she thing went about to Kansas. Doesn't know the next thing about football, and it really not so much about basketball. She just loves the vibe. Which, if she were going to be in campus this weekend, she would be going. Okay, but a couple of weeks ago. Her roommate from last year had to go home and, and deal with some you know family health issues and be there for family. So um, she's flying down to Florida to spend four or five days on fall break with her bestie from last year, first year on campus. So that was planned several weeks ago, well in advance of Kansas shocking the entire world and starting out 5-0. But yes, I, I can understand why you're I, taken aback by that. I just think it... Like the chances of you having a daughter that goes to Kansas on the year that they're five and zero host, it's great. We can get week by week updates on little yes. Gracie Miller's because we yes. all remember her. My dad is John Miller. You're yes. listening to KXNO. Yeah. Did you see the Did you see the text I sent out from her last week? Yeah. On Twitter. Uh, I, well, wait a minute. Maybe not. I, yeah. I was thinking of her so, saying that you raised her to hate Iowa State. No, well, that. But she, I had a little uh, bumper in the old days where she'd go. She was three years old. I brought her into the recording studio. She still remembers it. I had her say, um, I, you know, I scripted it all. I said, say, Hawkeyes rule, Cyclones drool. You're listening to the John Miller Show on 1460 KXNO. So that was a popular bumper for a while. She sent me a, a text the other morning, right before Can- Kansas and Iowa State played. She said, KU rules, Cyclones drool. And I busted out laughing. Uh, so I tweeted that out. So that wasn't really shade from me to Iowa State fans. Oh, Steve's going to love raised. this. Well, yeah. By the way, did Steve send you any receipts in the last week? Yeah, he said he has plenty. I'm actually going to see Steve on Friday night. I'll oh, I've camping. got all the information. I've got plenty. I'll again, be camping at Jack Trice Stadium is, with is Steve. Steve a, is Steve a politician? I got all the receipts. <laughs> then we get to federal court. Uh, no, we have no proof. Steve is uh, honestly is like a second dad to me. He would show up to like my radio remotes in Des Moines. Yeah. And he would be sitting in the corner of the bar we were at listening to the show on his on his headphones. That's dedication. Yeah, he's my guy. He's my guy. So if Steve says something, it's it's true. Steve uh, believes that you are putting on a show for everybody and now? that like you're gonna get all these Iowa State fans to like you and then you're just gonna all of a sudden just Turn rip off his shirt. One, yeah, you're gonna go Hogan. NWO. Yep. Hollywood you're, Hogan. You're gonna leg drop Macho, middle of the ring. That those aren't receipts. That, that's that that's I I asked him that he he accused me of dogging I saying nice things and then turning around and saying something a jab. I haven't done that. Steve's guarding his emotions. Steve, listen. Here's the thing. <laughs> Steve, like probably many of you, you want to like me you want to believe i'm going to be holding that football in place for you this time and i'm going to let you kick it and i'm not (laughs) just going to pull it away i'm telling you right now you're getting the real right this is it this is me and if i ever make a critical comment about iowa state it will be relative to sports or a decision that i don't like i am not pulling the football away steve so listen y'all can't just spend a period of your life waiting for the football to pull away. Go out and live. Run up and kick that baby down as, as a touchback. I'm going to be right here. Now, if you kick my finger, you have a problem or two. But no, man, this is it. This is, Shout this, out this to is 
Prairie Meadows. Get on out there this weekend if you're an Iowa fan. Every Iowa State fan is going to be up north in Ames, but flip going out to Prairie Meadows. Thank them for supporting the Miller and Williams podcast here in Iowa everywhere. Probably don't thank the blackjack dealer because I doubt he or she knows. But um, you know what I'm saying. Do they lock them up in a cave? Don't let them out? Why wouldn't this a blackjack dealer listen to this show? Did you know that when you stay at the Prairie Meadows Hotel, when you go into your room yeah, and you like the TV's on when you go into your room and okay. it's me teaching people how to play craps and blackjack and how to horse race, it's just me standing there in a jacket. Oh, you know, next thing you will do after the can flop. You, can, can, can you even go anywhere in central Iowa and not be recognized? Let's be serious now. Yes. All over the place. That's not true. You're being humble now. Every you go out to dinner, you go you know, you go over to Yeah, Jordan that guy Creek. flipped me off in the corner. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, that's recognition. <laughs> I mean, if you're on in every hotel room in Prairie Meadows, just think of the things that are happening in those rooms while you're in the background teaching people how to get down. What the hell are you trying to get to here, Miller? You're we started well, this thing off about Herbert well, Hoover's Bush, and now we're you're going... Bushes, you're well-known, <laughs> things happen. Listen, I was brought into you know every household in Iowa via Mediacom back in the day, and that TV show absolutely, absolutely was the biggest game-changer for my quote-unquote visibility um, in Iowa. I mean, it's TV's powerful. So if you're on in every single hotel room in Prairie Meadows Hotel... I got to imagine you yeah, can't but go anywhere in the city. I can't. I can't imagine there's a lot of Central Iowans who are staying at the Prairie Meadow Hotel. Would it be a lot of like passerbyers and stuff like that? Like I just, I would. Oh, I don't know. I mean, if I was you know staycation. somebody that was looking to be responsible, um, and well, I would, we have Uber, but that's true. It's true. Kind Uber of wasn't around back in my. In don't my really have an excuse for an OWI anymore. You're right. You're right. Not that you did in the. 80s when but anyways i'm gonna stay away from more bush bush jokes uh okay this weekend iowa i'll take the end i'll take the over on that go ahead (laughs) iowa illinois yeah iowa state in the uh purple felines farmageddon the um do you um do you let me give you my read on iowa illinois did some of this with hassle it feels like Illinois is – they're not Michigan, right? They don't have that type of talent where I don't think they're going to be able to press your defense and spread you all out, do everything that, that Michigan was able right. to do to really make Iowa's defense look normal, right? They didn't look – they didn't look like a titan against the Wolverines. They're also not Rutgers, right? They're veteran quarterback. Kid transfers from Syracuse. Really good running back. I really, really, really like this running back. Pretty good offensive line. Defensively, Illinois has uh, one of their D tackles. I forgot his name, but he he's like leading the country in hurries. He's hit the quarterback as much as anybody in the country. Best rush defense in Best the Big Ten. defense in the country. This uh, this has got underwritten all over it. Now, my, que- my question to you here, Johnny, is 
Like, where are we at with Illinois between Michigan and Rutgers, right? Because I think that that's a – Iowa does okay when they're equal, equally talented or a little bit more talented than the opponent. It's when the opponent has a lot more talent than Iowa that you usually see the Hawkeyes kind of crumble a little bit. Is, is Illinois good enough to, I don't know, even win by more than three? They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but three-and-a-half points in this game is a lot of points. When you're talking about the type of possessions we're looking at, um, I think that stylistically, this is a matchup that's much more favorable to Iowa than Michigan because Michigan, their offensive line, I mean, I, I got to think that's a top 10 offensive line nationally. I would think I don't, so. I, I don't know that, but it felt like it to me that they, they dictated terms the entire game on a defense that's really good. Um, they also had a quarterback that at a young age was surprisingly patient and put money in the bank, made deposits all day, didn't take a lot of risks. His numbers weren't eye-popping from a yardage or a yards per attempt standpoint, but he's very efficient and had a high completion percentage, and they kept drives alive. Most quarterbacks, when you play against Iowa zone, they are not that patient. And most teams, most offensive game plans are not as sound and competent as Michigan's was. That was a that was a fantastic effort by the entire Michigan football program. I don't think that Illinois is there yet. I don't think their offensive line is there yet. But also, they do have a better – I think Illinois' running back is better than Michigan's running back. But I just wow, think that – Wow, really? You think I, he is? I, Oh, absolutely! Wow. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. a big statement. I, I, I have, I have zero doubt. I, I think that Chase is better. He's yeah. a stud. He's an absolute yeah. stud. Yeah, both those guys are. Yep. And I, I think that uh, you, Illinois, is going to try to attack Iowa primarily through the ground. All right. This is old school Bielema here, and I think that's what I was built for. It'd be great to have Jacobs out there. They don't. But Iowa can get away with having three linebackers on the field in this game and play in their base 4-3. So I, I just feel like this is a much better matchup. And and Illinois' quarterback is not McCarthy. I don't no. think he's – and he doesn't have the receivers to throw to. He's so, better than what Rutgers rolled out against you guys, but you're right on the receivers. There's just not a lot yeah. of threat, though. Yeah, so there's, there's, not, there's not a lot of threat. And I think that – Iowa can play run fits more this game than they could last week. Last week they had to look out for the passing game. This week I don't think that they do. And that's why I feel that Iowa, you know, somewhere around 13-10 feels right to me. Um, so, so, something, yeah, I know it's just it's hilarious. Um, I, I picked 6-3 again. Uh I said I, I, I said <laughs> thirty to thirty to thirteen or something last week, and I was really close. Was it? You were close. 13? Got that cheap touchdown at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the what's it? What is the over under? Thirty six. Thirty six and a half. Yeah. Beat your bookie. I mean, you know what? When we get done recording this, I'm I'm hitting <laughs> driving the road. to Kansas. I'm, I'm I'm going to Leavenworth. <laughs> right, right across the river, right next to the Leavenworth uh, Federal Penitentiary, and that's where I'm going to get down. Well, here's the difference for me. Like, so the Rutgers game went over, but that was because of two defensive touchdowns. I just don't know if Bielema is going to allow that to happen. 
Yeah, this it, it need it probably need to be a scoop and score variety. Yeah, I, I just I, I just think that this one is setting up Brett. He's this not going to go downfield against Iowa. No, no, you're dumb. This this is gonna, a phone booth football. The, to me, if I'm Brett, this I mean, last week was a great test too. I'm not saying that this is an even bigger test than last week because I mean it's Wisconsin. You held Wisconsin to negative yards rushing, which is unfathomable to me, and probably why you know you know the final final nail in the coffin for Christ. But um, I, I think for Brett, this is another test of his program where it's at. And um, I, I think it's going to be not a fun game to watch, um, in, unless you just love, you know, three and outs and punts and ground acquisition and few points. There is a, this the um, sadistic part of me that loves watching Iowa have the football because you can pull up Twitter and all of you guys are just. <laughs> Like I'm not wishing harm on my friends, but it's so I get it. It's like when we're on special teams, which is what we're getting to next. <laughs> yeah, I get it. No, when Iowa right. State when Iowa State misses a kick or gives up a big kick return and we all just lose our minds. Like can't we Dude, all just appreciate it? But but it's it's one of those things where how many years do you have to lose one and a half games a season, probably on the average, based on some component of your special teams. And uh, what, th- this this comment isn't unique. A lot of y'all have been saying it, but it's it's just I want to bring it up again. J- your, your head coach, it, it's like probably printed somewhere on a poster on the side of the stadium. Win in the margins. Winning in the margins. There's no more margins in football than special teams. Why haven't you made a significant commitment financially to bolster your special teams? You got one of the best kicking specialists in the United States of America within 30 minutes. Yeah, whose son is going to play for you next year. I mean, what are you doing? Here's the most maddening part of that, and it ties in perfectly to this weekend. When Bill Snyder was building Kansas State – what were they constantly elite at? They were the best in the country. Recruiting junior college players. That You're right, but they're special teams in general. Yes. Like That's yeah. how – and Iowa State is constantly – it's like how do we become Kansas State in the 90s, right? How do you – you got that coach, you keep you, – you had that niche. Uh, and you're, you're exactly right. So they did bring on a guy. An uh, analyst. Yeah, and he's that's, like from the NFL. So they tried something at least, but – it's clearly not working. They lost that game. Last week, I, I told Chris on Monday, my, to me, I think that was the most frustrating game of the Campbell era for sure. That's one of the most frustrating Iowa State games I can remember. Wow. Yeah, there's the, a list. Yeah, no, there is. But like, Steve, you, I, hope, I hope that you, wasn't too hard for you, but yes. You, there's a list. But you could go back – like so. Kansas is legit, right? Like they're they're four and zero, sold out, all that stuff, and you could make a laundry list of all the stupid things that Iowa State did wrong in that football game. John, I still walked away feeling like should have won the game, right? Still yeah, they, felt like that, and of but it was should have won the game. Dumb things on special teams keep you from doing that, and that's so that's what separates like. It, where they always say it's easy to get to one spot in your program and then to get to that next level is just brutal. 
The problem for Iowa State is to get to that next level, all you have to do is be decent on special teams, and they probably would have done it by now, right? Right. right. It's, I mean, you've, you've elite defense. You've had elite quarterback play. You've had NFL running backs. It's the freaking kick return, and the kick that's what's kept you from getting there. And, and frankly, it just feels like that's an easier thing to fix than to go out and create uh, a, a kick-ass attitude in the trenches. It's tr- building your trenches is harder than going out and getting competence in special teams, in my opinion. Um, oh, I agree completely. And <laughs> it's just it's a failure. And it's not just the Campbell era, Paul Rhodes, Dan McCartney. I mean, you can go back time immemorial, my lifetime of watching Iowa State football with, uh, you know, even a modicum of interest, which is probably the last 20, 22 years. Consistently, you know, what if you say, John, what has Iowa State been most consistent at in the last two decades when you think of their football program? Now, I haven't sat down and given that question deep thought because I just asked myself this 10 seconds ago. But I'm going to say inconsistency and, and deficiency at special teams is probably maybe the number one. What else would there be other than I mean, phenomenal, I, phenomenal loyal fan base? I would say that they've struggled, and this one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They're considering the offensive geogra- line. Offensive line, yeah, for the sure. geography that might be in number that league, one. You should probably be really good there. You would think, yeah. yeah. Each and every year, that would probably be my number one. But yeah, the special teams thing for for sure. It's it's really, really, really frustrating. And I I um I really felt bad. I guess I'm getting older, but for that kicker too, because hindsight, like it. And I, I admit I was wrong. I had the wrong read. I. I kind of thought. Did you watch? Were you watching the game live, or did you go back? I watched highlights later. I, I was on the golf course, and I got off the golf course and saw the score. And I texted you. I'm like, I did not expect a 14 to 11 rock fight. Well, and that's again what was so frustrating about it. You have this Kansas offense that's been prolific, innovative, all the Heisman Trophy contender right. quarterback, and you shut them. They had 26 yards in the second half, John. Like you completely shut them down. You should have won the game, even with you know an offense that could should have won the game by. 14, 17 points. Yeah. So now you bring in Kansas State, and I'm really interested to see how this one goes. Just a massive game. Vegas thinks it's basically a coin toss. I totally understand why. Um, Martinez is just a total enigma. Like, you just – you never know. But, you man, know. Th- this does tell you, though, how bad Frost was with him, and this is why – I had Kansas State and my win total over this year. I just thought Kleiman and Colin Klein would use him the way he should have been used from day one at Nebraska. You know, Frost is throwing him forty times. Like he's not he's barely he's throwing the game ball like ten times a game right now at Kansas State, which I don't hate from an Iowa State perspective coming into a night game, because I do think John Haycock and the defense will be able to clamp down on these guys. Right, and then and then we'll see what happens from there, but just a really massive game for both of our teams. I mean, Iowa with, with Ohio State next week. Iowa State's got to go to Texas. You're looking at um, some pretty some pretty amped up fan bases if you if you both lose this week. You do. I mean, I'm kind of to the point. You know what? And I, I failed to tell you this before we started today, but um, I'm going to need to check Grace in. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. She can get the C-list ticket on Southwest. Um, she's 19. So 
I, I think from my perspective, Chris, with Iowa, I've not like given up, but when Kirk continues to trot out the same old stuff, just playing the hits from the 1980s, um, Bush wasn't around in 1980. That, that's like a, a stadium song that you hear a lot now in Kinnick Stadium. They crank up the Bush, which is really annoying. Iowa fans don't like it. But they do now, like are we talking about the band now? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, been yeah. a lot of Bush talk today. I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. A little subterfuge. Um, but when Kurt keeps playing the hits and it looks as bad as any offense in the country, what's my obligation to give a damn about that the way that I normally do. I don't have any. He's, it's like, I'm not saying he's mailing it in this year, but this this offense is what it is this season. This is what it is this season. You're not going to change. Can they get better? I mean, Petrus last week, that was his best game. There's no question about that. He actually looked competent uh, mostly, but he missed a couple of really important throws. That second and- quarter of that drive, man, that, that was killer. Yeah, he, he missed sure. like two, three throws in a row, and that, right. that was it. Right. The th- the thing is, it, it, he just doesn't have the dynamic playmakers around him to where missing a play like that doesn't kill you. But Iowa, it does right now. So it's like, I mean, yeah, if they lose to Illinois, I'm I I don't I'm not going to be angry. I'm just not going to be anything. It's it's apathy. Right. That's now. the same word Hassel used. Yeah, it's just like I, I I don't have a feel, you know. Like what what's the the line of the song that Johnny Cash stole from Nine Inch Nails? Hurt. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. Now, there's no concerns of self harm with me at this juncture, but it's like I, I don't feel anything, you know. I don't feel. <laughs> All I can think about is that music video where Cash is just like. You know, yeah. he's like in a fetal position in the corner. Then I got to go throw on Folsom Prison Blues just to remember Johnny, you know, not the. Uh, yeah, it's funny because it's just generational differences. Hurt by the Johnny Cash version of Hurt was one of my first. You know, ex- exposure to Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, and then the movie came out with with Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, and I'm like, oh man, this is badass. And then I went back and got all the old Cash, and now he's one of my favorite artists of all time. Dude, Ca- Cash is the. I mean, oh. I listen to Prison Johnny Blues Cash once a week. Wow, well, yeah, you got a record player? I do. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, I have a, a subscription to uh, uh, Vinyl Me Please. You pay a monthly fee. And they send you uh, an album from whatever genre that you want. I mean, then you can order some others. I've got Nebraska from Bruce Springsteen coming this week. Um, my first album I had with them was uh, Thin Lizzy Jailbreak. And these albums they make, they're like the original art covers and everything. But the albums are really freaking sweet. Like uh, my uh, Sturgill Simpson, um, Men of Modern Sounds of Country Music, It's got it's, the album's purple. Oh, cool. Purple vinyl. It's really cool. And that is one of my all-time favorite albums. And Turtles All the Way Down, one of my top ten favorite songs if, of all time. If Iowa ever plays in the Liberty Bowl, you'll have to go to the uh, – there's the – what the hell is that place called? Some Sun record. Records? Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal yeah. tour. Phenomenal yeah. tour. I've Love done it, it twice. It's yeah. You get to stand there and hold the microphone that Johnny Cash held. 
It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I hope that yeah. I hope we're back in Memphis this year. Best bowl experience you can have. Okay. You can go with I, I, me. We usually rent a house for Cyclone Fanatic on Airbnb, and it's just it's a blast. Well, let's look at Beale it. Street. Oh, if if it's Shreveport, I'm out. I ain't going um, to Shreveport, but I yeah. go back to Memphis. And if it's the Larry Miller Automotive Bowl, I'm out. We're gonna be like this year's Iowa and Iowa State bowl games could be comically bad, like the New Mexico Bowl, and then you all are playing on December 26th in Detroit. I gotta tell you, son. I don't know that I was going to a bowl game this year. I just want to get to six at this point too. That's kind of I was got to get three more wins to get to six and six. And if I was five and seven and they qualify because some other team's graduation rate sucked, count me out. Not interested. That makes me a bad fan. Listen, I got a number of Iowa fans in my DMs because I keep my DMs open. Uh, I don't hide from anybody. I don't. A number. I don't blame you. Um, A number of them. Uh, a number of them are really pissed. You're fair weather. You're this. Oh, really? My, I mean, dude, I, I, I've already done. I've already, I donated at the door, not literally donated, but I I've given the time. Um, I still want them to win. I will still watch the games. I may not watch them live. If they continue to play like this and it's boring, I'll just record them while, you know, the weather, it's supposed to be 73 degrees. I think on Saturday here, um, I'm playing golf. If it's 73 degrees and sunny in October, I'm golfy. I'll watch the game later. Now, this week I can watch it at night. But I'm not any less of a fan. It's just that I just feel like, you know, the, the times are passing this this offensive scheme by, and I look around and I look at other football, and I see exciting competence. Um, but, again, I recognize Iowa won 10 games last year, and this sounds very privileged. So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's my opinion. I'm not changing it. Until they give me reason to change. You get little Gracie checked into her flight, okay? Uh, it's too late. She's already she's already on uh she's already in C group. I mean oh, tough break well, for her. Well, it is, but you know what? You it's points in your life you need to take the dirt road. You know? I did. I mean, Lord knows I was on the dirt road. I mean, back in the day, you go driving out in West Branch and even Princeville, Illinois, where I actually graduated from high school. We were on dirt roads all the time. And, you know, one of the funny things, yeah, have you ever noticed this? I call them uh, poop bird trees. But, like, uh, you go out in the country and you look along fence rows and you see these bushes that are just growing up right out of the fence row. It's like they didn't build a fence around that bush. That bush somehow got there. Well, how that got there is birds eat the seeds, they poop, and out sprouts a bush. I'll be damned. Are you serious? Dead serious. You what you think they just built the bush around the tree? Or over the fence? The fence around the bush? I mean, maybe. I guess if it's a a bush the family planted and it meant something to them, but these are not, you know, meaningful bushes. They don't belong to anyone. They're just wild bush. So somebody took a dump. A bird. And then the fence. Like if you took a, if bush. you took the dump randomly along a fence row, I don't think a bush is going to sprout out. If it did, that's a concern. Maybe a sunflower seed could, depending. Or or no. no. We want you all to have a fantastic weekend watching the games or golfing, or maybe um, you're like little Gracie Miller and you're visiting a friend and yeah. just listening to this on a flight. We want you to have a fantastic weekend. I'm going to be camping up in Ames. I will see Steve, friend of the program. I'm going to try and pick up those receipts. Please do. 
I'll bring Steve on the show someday just to blow you up, Miller. Bring, listen, you, you don't think I'm prepared for that? I've had Jim Delaney sitting offset while I'm doing a live television show. That you think, reminds. I you think bringing about Steve that. on the show with me is going to bug me. Is Jim Delaney on the Big Ten Network set, kind of like Vince McMahon sitting gorilla position? Yeah, at a WWE event. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it was for that one night that I was there on the live show that announced <laughs> the leaders and legends. I'll never His, forget watching that show, man. I watched. It. I was so excited for you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of the highlights of my life. I don't know that I've ever felt more alive than sweating through a sports coat when Delaney was the – we were the second-to-last segment, the opinions on legends and leaders and what we saw. Delaney's on the last segment just to come in and give it his, you know, blessing. And they're sitting there asking, you know, what do you think, John, of the legends and leaders? I'm like, I don't really like the names. And they're kind of funny. <laughs> Well, they so are we get, stupid. It was stupid. Names. We get we're done. Right. We're taking off our lavalier mics. We're putting them down. We're getting ready to walk off. I see Jimmy shakes my hand and then slaps me on the back as I walk by. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you're five, fired. Five weeks later, uh, didn't have a show no more. <laughs> but I had it for five weeks, ladies and gentlemen. That's yeah. all that matters. Five more weeks than uh, than than the rest of us. God bless but, you. You know, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of when people. Honestly, when they talk shit to Sage for being a backup quarterback in the NFL, it's like, do you know how hard it is to be a backup quarterback in the NFL for 15 years or whatever Sage did? I mean, that's literally one of the best jobs ever. Is it not? I mean, Yeah, because you don't get hit and you make millions of dollars. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, Sage's health, I'm guessing, I mean, I haven't talked to Sage ever. But I'm guessing his health, he probably feels pretty good. You and right? Sage have a lot in common. You guys would get along really well. I promise you. What do we have in common? I'm looking forward to this. Is it the hair? I don't know. It's some of your recreational activities. Okay, cool. Looking forward to hanging with Sage then. Yep. Maybe we ought to do a golf outing sometime. I think that that's a great idea. Great. Invite our friends from Circa down. Yeah. Or over. Maybe next, maybe next year, like in April, April twentieth, we can do something out of the circuit. <laughs> That'd be a perfect date for it. No doubt about it. Okay, that. cool. Get out of here. Enjoy the games. Looking we'll forward to your uh, reaction podcast on Sunday. Ben Bruns as well. For John Miller, I'm Chris Williams. Signing off here on Miller and Williams. Iowa everywhere.